Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Brad Kerr. Brad bowls with the Bowlers Edge Pro Shop, which is based in Nina, Wisconsin. The guys are currently right now in 33rd place with a team total of 31.63. And Brad's team, Bowlers Edge Pro Shop, was the defending champions of the USBC Open as they won last year out in Reno at the stadium. I'm sure listeners are all uh, curious uh, what type of preparation your team made for this year's event, especially in, in light of the success you had last year. Um have you practiced on or did you practice on uh, a couple variations of the US o- USBC Open pattern before you went? Uh, yeah, we practiced on uh, the shot at Super Bowl. They uh, put it out for the sport league that they have there on Monday nights. Um, obviously, it's not always playing the same as it did out there, but uh, they, they try to get as close as you can. Okay, and one thing I noticed uh, watching the video uh, you know, game one seemed like the game from hell for your team. Uh, getting out of Dodge with 866 was possibly a blessing, but why all the 210s? I mean, were the surfaces maybe not quite dull enough, or were the players just trying to bank it a little bit too much through the front? Yeah, I think that um, the main thing was that a few guys try to loop it too much instead of squaring up. Um, and then when they're missing right, it was two tens missing left it was through the face all the time um i think that you know like if you watch the video ken kemp was a little more straighter up the boards um and he had a better look i was a little straight up the boards and had some success until i left three splits in a row uh, i think that uh all the good fortune we've had over the years we paid for it in one game gave it all back so now we're we're even with the the bowling gods yeah, it, it definitely seemed that way. Uh, you know, and any slight Aaron shot was almost an open, a guaranteed open. And then to come oh, back yeah. with an 11, 1189, I believe, was game two? Yeah. What happened there? Did did you guys make a, a parallel move, a two-to-one move, or did the lane condition just come to you? Well, after the first game, I got the team together and just uh, we decided we we're going to make one gigantic move and everybody would move in. Um, obviously we weren't having any success. We had 800. <laughs> so we just said, let's just go for broke and let's move in and see what happens. And when you say move in, how, what are you, what are you talking to about? 10, 10 at the break point, uh, eight at the break point, I guess, just to try to give our listeners, uh, what, what your, what your thought was and how, how, when you move in, how far in were you saying? Uh, we made like a 10 and five move, uh, 10 with our feet, five on the lanes, uh, tried to uh, keep the break points kind of relatively the same, but getting way in with uh, our feet and uh, the, at the arrows. And as Joey said, that obviously that worked out well for you guys. As you, you are currently sitting right now in 33rd place with a 31.63 score. Uh, Brad Kerr joining us on the Above 180.com podcast. Brad, what do you think? I guess is the main difference in this year's shot than the 2010 shot, which you guys ended up winning an eagle with. I think the conditions are a little softer this year, and um, 
In my opinion, I don't think you have to start in a certain place. Um, like last year, obviously, everyone that's had success all started, you know, playing between 5 and 10, uh, breaking down the shot, trying to make spares and grind out a first game and then opening them up and moving in. I think that with this shot, this year you can start anywhere on the lane and open up the shot to whatever your strengths are. I don't think you necessarily have to play straight up the boards to start. I think that we could have started in and broken down the shot and and uh, made it more conducive to our game instead of trying to do something that we didn't have to do. Yeah, and I would agree with that totally from what I've been watching with a number of different teams it's not quite as defined as last year. Right. So you can basically go where you're comfortable as long as you're not crisscrossing every which way. Uh, right. You want to talk about a little bit what you use for equipment and or drillings or surface, or do you want to keep that confidential, Brad? No, no. I mean, I'm. It's that's fine. Um, I think that even in minor events and team events, the balls that seem to work the best are pin low equipment. Um, I used the pin low world beater to start team event. And then uh, I switched to a pin low shiny ransom. And uh, after I did that, I had the front 10, the second game. Um, in minor events, the same thing. I think that uh, I brought out five balls. I could hit the pocket with pretty much any ball in my bag. But uh, the ones that would carry would be the pin low balls that start a little earlier because, again, the back ends seem really crisp and defined. So you don't really need a lot of, you know, a- you know angular direction on the back end. Uh, so it seems like the pin low balls carry the best. Okay. And, uh, and you say you did use some polished surfaces even? Yeah. Yes, I did use a uh, polished surface. In minor events, again, I started with a pin low world beater, and I think I gave up on it a little too fast and then cycled through the bag and uh, ended up finishing with the pin low world beater again, and I ran the last five in game five for 220 and then shot 248 the last game. So, Brad, could you talk about how the Bowler's Edge Pro Shop team was formed back in, it must have been close to 2000, 2001, and winning that Eagle in 2003 and then winning the Eagle last year. Just talk about, you guys didn't just hodgepodge together a team. You guys actually probably all grew up bowling together. Right. Well, we uh, started back in uh, 2001. We were bowling with as a companion team to Linz, and obviously they've had success over the years. And uh, we kind of broke off from them, me and uh, one of my good friends, Jason Wentz. And then uh, we added our friend Tim Rice uh, and Rob Shue and Ray Shruby. And then uh, two years later, we left with the lead and got beat. And then in 2003, we obviously won. And then uh, the following year, we defended but didn't do so well. And then Rob Shue retired from bowling. And then uh, Ray kind of broke off. So we added a couple more good friends, Dan Paul and Ken Kemp, and uh, we've just kind of been going from there. That was in uh, 2008, I believe, 2007. But I think that it definitely uh, helps to have uh, a group of guys that you can all work together and get along. I mean, you can't just throw superstars together and expect to win all the time. Yeah, without a doubt. And and what I saw, and this is the first time I've really watched your team in depth, uh, 
extreme team fortitude. It seemed like you guys had to really dig deep, especially after that, that start. And then to come back and shoot 1900s and 2000s in all event scores, uh, you know, it's a never give up, never die attitude. Uh, don't get down on yourself, but also stay open-minded and communicate with each other to have success. Yeah, I mean, definitely. They, again, it goes back to just we're all good friends, and uh, we all work together, and we don't get down on each other when something bad happens. I mean, we're all going to have bad games and bad sessions and good sessions and good games. I mean, it's bowling. <laughs> you can't just go out there and bowl good every time. I'll tell you, a great showing, and uh, I think this team is, is going to be around for quite a while. You guys are still young, and you're kind of in your prime. I mean, I, how old are you right now? I'm 37. 37. I mean, that's that's definitely in your prime years for your bowling excellence. Uh, so there's possibly some more Eagles in the future. Yeah, that would be nice, but uh, <laughs> that's something that's a lot of luck involved. <laughs> you got to bowl good, and then you have to get extremely lucky. There's a lot of good teams that uh, have left lanes a lot of times, including uh, Brazil's Pro Shop. You know, they've left the lanes many times to the lead and, and still haven't got there. So, you know, I call my blessings. It's a lot of luck involved. Well, Brad, I want to thank you again for joining us. Brad Kerr on the uh, Above180.com podcast, a team member of Boulder's Edge Pro Shop, who's sitting right now in 33rd place. Uh, Brad, thank you again for taking time out of your day to join us and lend us some perspective on, on your, your team and how you guys played the lanes. Uh, much success as we move forward, and we will talk to you again. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Well, Joey, there you have it. Another uh, newsmaker joining us from the USBC Open with some perspective on things. And uh, again, hearing this this common bond when we get these guys on of these teams that are shooting in the 31s, 32s, 34s from last week from Brian. is It's teamwork. These guys all work together. Like Brad just said there, you can't just put a, a group of superstars together and they're not going to shoot 3,500 and lights out. Right. And we're also hearing a common thread with uh, drilling layouts more pin downs, meaning the pin position below the fingers being used, than pin ups. But listeners must take into account the bowlers that are shooting these scores are high rev guys, and for them, they don't always need that extra help in the back portion of the lane for the ball to tip. So they may be using pin down drillings to control the back end motion, whereas a bowler, say, with a 250 or 300 rev rate, a much more average amount of rev rate, they may want a little extra back-end reaction and find better success with pin aboves. So the, the key is when you go to these tournaments, Tim, you bring both pins below, pins above, you know, some duller or shinier surfaces, or you make adjustments out there at the tournament and stay open-minded and, and watch the ball go through the pins. And if you're carrying, you stay with that ball. If you're not carrying, don't be afraid to change equipment quickly. But Joey, and that leads right into this email we received from a listener. And again, if you have an email, shoot it to us at above180 at gmail.com. This email comes in from Scott, who's listening in North Carolina. And he says, Joey and Tim, thank you for all the very informative interviews that I hope will prepare me for the ABCs. My question is for Joey is regarding ball choice. It says, do you believe a tropical heat will be strong enough for me to use during my minor events? I have about a 300 rev rate and have about a 16.5-mile-per-hour ball speed going off with the monitors, say. So that, again, was from Scott in North Carolina. 
Well, you know, it's possible that ball could come into play, Tim. Uh, I mean, his his specs are pretty average, very similar to mine. Uh, if he bowls on in the minors and follows other bowlers and they open up the pattern with some duller equipment, even though a tropical heat is considered a conservative piece, uh, that ball could match up just perfectly, uh, providing he plays the pattern appropriately. Uh, I think in team event, there's no chance a ball like that could work, even for players with high rev rates, because that surface just won't grab the pattern soon enough. Also, it might be a little tricky down lane because of the fact it's got a smaller core. Yeah, and I did hear also see he notes at the bottom that he's bowling the uh, 920 doubles squad. So the second squad. So we won't be following a team. He'll be bowling another following a, a team of doubles. Well, it's possible he'll follow a team of doubles because the 930 squad follows the the most sparsely filled squad, which is the 7 a.m. squad. Uh, you know, there may only be 30 lanes being used at 7 a.m. and then a full house at 920, Tim. So it's possible he'll be using, he'll be bowling fresh and fresh. That's which, correct. Which, if but, that were the case, then right, probably but not. But I, I bowled 7 a.m. squads a couple times, and the fact it's fresh, it won't play quite as the team event plays due to the fact they double strip uh, early in the morning. At least this is what I was told a few years back by the lane maintenance crew. Uh, double stripping occurs for the first squad of the day only which basically means the pattern will play a little bit stronger and drier than it will, say, in your team event later in the day. That uh, uh, makes great sense. And actually, Joey, I've heard that same thing from people that they double strip that 7 a.m. squad. Also news at the USBC, uh, this happened yesterday, Joey. Um, Matt Wagon from Muscatine, Iowa, showed up at the tournament and shot back-to-back 800s in his minors, shooting an 806 and an 826. Uh, becoming the first bowler ever to do the back-to-back in the minors, and I believe he is only the third bowler to ever have in a, in a three in a set to have two eight hundreds. So that that's just some great bowling by Matt. Yeah, there's just records being set every year, and we might have to try and dig up uh, Matt and, and get him on the show. And you know, speaking of Matt's, Matt McNeil had another great tournament. Uh, came within one frame of knocking off all events title himself. Uh, we're going to have to get Matt on the show and just try and pick his brain a little bit and see what he used or what he found. But, I mean, that's just astronomical scores. Uh, I mean, how many bowlers shoot 800 in their lifetime, much less back-to-back uh, in an environment such as the USBC Open National Championships? Well, exactly. you got to move pairs you know, after, your, after your double squad. And it's funny, reading the, the article that the USBC uh, put out, it says he was bowling second, so he watched his teammate, and his teammate went uh, went light, missed the head pin. So he knew he made like a five-board adjustment and then was locked in. But still, that is just uh, amazing and, and takes a great amount of skill to make that move off of your teammate and, and to just be able to basically uh, step right back up and, and just continue to throw strike after strike for, for a great set. So, um, Right, and, and if he loaded up in brackets, uh, I mean, he may have won $5,000 in brackets alone that night. So, I mean, that's some scary bowling, but, uh, you know, our hat's off to him, and uh, you and I are still looking forward to going out there. I mean, there's a good chance we're not going to shoot back-to-back 800s, but we're definitely going to give it our best, right, Tim? Oh, exactly, Joey, and and I tell you what, another thing, Joey, before I head out there, I'm making sure I talk to the folks at MindFrame. This stuff, we've both been taking it. I know I try to take it uh, once a day, and then I take it before bowling as well. Uh, What's great about this is it's the first all-natural supplement that is designed for competitive bowlers like you and me, Uh, but it helps me with my mental focus. It adds a little bit of extra energy, and it helps also with your joints 
as we all get a little bit older and uh, and helps just with some joint support and everything. So just a really a great supplement, uh, something that there's no caffeine, so there's you're not going to be you know hopped up uh, like, like you would be on Red Bull or or anything like that. But just a great uh, a great way to keep your body and your mind mentally focused on bowling when when it's sometimes tough when you're going across three time zones. And, uh, you know, sometimes your, your mind just needs that little bit of extra extra help to stay focused. Right. And, you know, I was a little leery of it at first, Tim. And, and I did some research and, and looked up the ingredients. And, and I've taken some of them before, not necessarily all together like this. But, uh, I mean, there, there's good, safe ingredients in there. And uh, I think it, it, it balances nutrition supplements as well as supplements for the brain to stimulate activity or at least keep things moving up there as opposed to, you know, like alcohol deadens your senses. This is kind of the opposite effect. Exactly. And if you want any more information, by all means, go to Above180.com. we got a nice little link right there to to uh, to order some mind frame uh, or check out. And, and like Joey said, by all means, do your research, folks, before you do that, if you have any questions, because like Joey, I was the same way. You can check out S3Direct.com where you can find out the ingredients and find out everything, find out this uh, all about the product. Uh, to order it, check out Above180.com. But Joey, what a great show. Uh, talking to Brad, we, we're going to try to get more, like you said, of these newsmakers on Matt Wagon. We'd love to have him join us uh, on the show and, and just pick these people's brains because what we want to do ultimately is help the bowlers that are still going out to nationals as we still have two months left of the tournament, help them go out there and succeed. And heck, maybe someone who's listening right now is going to shoot uh, back-to-back 800s for all we know by just listening to our podcast. Right. And, you know, we live in the communication age and, and you and I are a small part of it, but, you know, is it an advantage to the bowlers that haven't gone yet? Very possibly. But again, this is open communication between bowlers. They're sharing their ideas and thoughts it gives them a little bit of air time as well. And, and again, any listener of ours that shoots a big score, you want to be on our show, just send Tim and I an email. And if time permits, we'll get you on the show as well. The bigger the score you, show, you shoot, naturally, the better chance you got of being on the show. Exactly, Joey. And shoot those to above180 at gmail.com. And then also want to let people know that we are working uh, – on, on that contest that we talked a little bit about last week where we're going to be giving away some some equipment and some prizes based on your score. So get us that. And if you had any other questions, um, Scott was Scott had that great question regarding the equipment choices. Uh, you got that. Shoot it to Joey. By all means, Joey, have them try to send you enough information so you can make your best educated guess as to what balls they're looking at taking out there. Definitely, Tim. And uh, a good show again, and uh, we wish everybody the best when they go out there, and uh, I'm sure we'll see a few of them out there when we're out there in May. For Brad Kerr, who joined us earlier in the program, Joey Sarar, this is Tim Berg. Good luck and good bowling.